Welcome to the Resilient Mind Podcast, exploring how our thoughts and feelings influence our actions. I am Steve Nathanson, CEO and founder of Strive for More, professional coaching firm, and... I'm Andrew Marangoni, founder and CEO of Steel City Pack Leader. Together, we founded Pittsburgh Pet Care, where coaching and pet care meet. And this is our podcast. <laughs> All right. Perfect. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, this is The Resilient Mind, and uh, last week we started talking about um, writing a mission, a personal mission statement to help you guide yourself into your path of being resilient. And uh, after, the, after listening to that podcast with Steve, we kind of discussed like, well, what if people don't know enough to get started on writing that vision statement? And uh, <clears throat> we, di we discussed it a little bit, and Steve, you want to kind of tell me about the, the steps of learning who we are so that we can write that and we can kind of talk about those pieces. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's a, it's a great question. And when I do this type of work with my clients about mission, vision, purpose, like you said, really truly understanding who we are comes into play to help us write those types of statements. And I always talk about what I call our foundational identity. And for me, that's what do we value? What do we need? What are our strengths? What motivates us? What inspires us? And then what do we desire in life? Those six key things I feel really help us understand truly who we are and then can help craft not only the vision that we want for our life, but understand the purpose that we have and the mission, which is essentially the way that we fulfill that purpose. So those six things, as you mentioned, Andrew, the vision, uh, excuse me, the values, the needs, strengths, desires, motivation, and inspiration help create that vision and that mission statement that we were talking about last week. Excellent. Yeah. So um, in, in that fashion, we decided that we were going to do a little episode on the six parts of, of claiming your identity or, or, or exploring your identity. Um, and we're going to start with the values piece. Yeah. So actually to that point, we were talking about what are values and what do they really look like? What does that really mean? And simply put, I think what values are for us in life, they're things that we, we want to have in our life. There's things that we covet that really help, drive our decision process and understand the choices that we have because they either align or do not align right with what it is that we value what we want in life and when we get into to needs a little bit later on in in a next episode we'll dive a little bit more deeply into the distinction because they're closely related but i like to describe values as they're the things that you want to have in life and needs are the things that you must have in life so a little bit of a distinct difference between the two, although they are similar. Sure. <clears throat> I, I, uh, I just want to read the definition of values that we are using, which is a person's principles or standards of behavior, one's judgment of what is important in life. Um, I think that holds really important to what we're going to discuss today, which yeah. is, you know, some people hear the word value and think of it very differently than that definition but mm. today we're using this definition of what 
what are the things that we hold in our lives that affect our actions and our behavior? Um, because that's a big part of yeah. what, what this whole process does is the more in tune to what we want from our, our life, the more we are focusing on it. And that is inherently making us move forward and causing us to choose our action and behavior. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and maybe a simple way of saying all of that is that our values drive the choices we make, drive right. how we behave, right? Yeah. So actually, um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no problem. I was going to say, so I, uh, I have a, a list of, of many values that I, I, that, you know, we pulled up from your website. Um, and th there, there's a vast majority. And what I usually try to tell people to do is try to narrow them down. I wanted Steve to narrow them down to two. And he said that was pretty <laughs> difficult. So we're going to talk about maybe four or five values that we told dearly today and discuss why they're important to us and how they help shape our actions and behavior and how they serve us. Sound yeah. like a plan. Yeah. And so to that point, one thing, so we're going to, Andrew and I have talked about values before we've done exercises that help us explore what they are for us. So we have a lot of familiar, excuse me, familiarity with it because we've, we've dove into it. If this is something that's new for you or doing something for the first time, what I would put out there is there are some lists of values you can find on the internet that give you quite a lengthy list. I know, I think Andrew and I have talked about a uh, Brene Brown, I believe free resource that she has. Um, I have something similar that I work with, uh, with my clients that I give to them, but just a essentially one eight and a half by 11 page list of words that represent our values. And so I always think that it's a good idea to kind of start with that so we can see what are values like candor, honesty, empathy, integrity, um, could be equality, could be personal health, it could be growth, it could be challenge, it could be love, friendship, lots of different things out there are values for us. And if we don't know necessarily where to start, having a list of words that represent values is a great place to start, to start picking out, well, this I think is something I value, I like this, I want this in my life. And it's okay to have kind of a massive lift to start. And then to Andrew's point, you get to start dwindling it down and really think, well, what truly is important? What do you think are my top values? Maybe my top four or five. And then as Andrew said to you, right, we've challenged ourselves to find maybe what are those top two that are really important. And that is, I think, a hard exercise. And it's okay because they may shift. They may also shift with relationships. They may shift for my children, at my job, maybe in my communities. I may hold a different set of values in each part of the, my life with maybe a core set of values that are in each of those areas, but look slightly different in terms of maybe importance. Maybe things get swapped out. So perhaps I'll share with you maybe as a good example. For me, my top six are health, personal development, empathy, compassion, candor, and integrity. And when they shift to say personal relationships with significant others, equality comes in there for me as well. That's a significant value that I have in that space of wanting it to be a true equal partnership. So it can shift and that's okay. What about you, Andrew, actually? What are, what are your top values? 
So <clears throat> my top two are empathy and integrity. Um, and I like to support that with uh, compassion, growth, um, perseverance, and resiliency. Mm. And actually, you know, out of curiosity, for you, how does that maybe shift if it's focused on maybe personally you and then when it's focused on relationships with other people, does your top two switch from empathy and and did you say compassion or candor? I apologize. <clears throat> Empathy and integrity are the top two. Oh, thank you. And they, and they do not falter. So mm. business, personal, I, all, all those two things start with understanding who I am and who I'm dealing with, which is the empathy part um, and the integrity part. It's actually both parts because understanding who I am and holding that to be true, no matter what the circumstances is actually pretty much the definition of integrity. <laughs> um, and that's why it's important. Uh, Cause you know, integrity, Harvard, it, it brings in a lot of other values within its canopy, mm. right? trust, respect, responsibility, all those things, you know, are supporting values to what I believe integrity holds. Mm -hmm. Even leadership and holdheartedness is all kind of bound to one's integrity. Yeah. Um, so those are, that's why my top two are those two. Um, you know, I, I, I like, I like the golden rule is like treat everyone who how you would like to be treated is a general rule moving in through the world until I get to know people. And then I like to move it to the platinum mm. with treating people how they want to be treated. Mm. Uh, but you have to get to know people before you can do that. Right. So that's right. why I start with the, the golden rule is, you know, basically like <clears throat> if I look at any general person, most people want to be treated with respect and kindness and, and things of that nature. You know, I'm sure there's those few and far between. It's like, no, I like being, you know, treated like crap. Um, or, you know, the more unfortunate is when people think they deserve that. Mm. Um, and I think that's why that identity piece uh, is, is so important for resiliency because when you don't know who you are, when terrible things happen to you, you can start to identify with the victimness of what's happening to you instead of, you know, I'm a person this is happening to, not a victim of this. Right, and questioning what did I do maybe to bring this on me versus, right, right. this is someone who, you know, is actively and maliciously chosen to, to bring harm to me, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. you know, I have found that it, the world's, the world's a tricky place, right? Um, I, <laughs> I remember looking into Zen philosophy and, and basically the be beginning of that philosophy is, is no matter what happens to me at this given time, it's the best possible thing for me, even if I can't see it. And that is basically creating faith is just that, you know, as long as I don't falter from the, the me, 
the individual, the soul, everything else will come back in time because time does heal most things. Um, I don't like to say all things because absolutes are not something I deal in. <laughs> right. There's, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of gray and a lot of middle ground. And, and to your point, right. The, the ability to really know yourself, to be able to hold true to who you are in situations that do challenge us or bring questions in is a foundational piece of really being able to live, like you said, kind of that mission, that purpose, holding true to uh, who you are. And I love the conversation that we're having right now because it's a great illustration of, for me, it's very difficult to boil down to maybe top two values across the board it's easier for, for Andrew and that's okay because each of us are unique. We're each different. And as you're going through your values and you're exploring it, if you find like Andrew, that there's maybe top two or some number around there that hold true across the board for you, then, then that's what you, you believe in and what you value. And that's okay. If perhaps like me, and I apologize earlier, cause I was maybe trying to put my values on you by saying empathy and compassion, in relationships, I'm like, no, wait, those are my maybe top two in relationships, not, not Andrew, instead of the empathy and integrity. And it's a great point and illustration of how mine do shift, I think, in terms of importance um, and order for different parts of my life. And that's okay, too. If you find that that's what happens for you as well, that's okay. Whatever value structure that you hold and feels right to you is perfect for you. And that's maybe a great point that I think is coming out of this conversation. And perhaps maybe a question for you, Andrew, as you started getting into that, that Zen philosophy, I think we're starting to kind of get underneath the surface here of, well, what happens or how do I really figure out if my values are being met or are not being met in life? Yeah. I, I mean, that's a very good question. Um, <clears throat> And, you know, I think some of that comes with self-reflection um, and just going through your days, like, am, am I practicing my values? Uh, I, I think that's the easiest way to, to identify it. But again, it, you know, if you're, if you're just getting into this way of thinking or you haven't identified them, or maybe the values you have right now are the ones that you kind of um, inherited through your, your upbringing, because that's, that's another part, you know, your, your parenting, your religion, your community all affect how you see the world and what you value. Um, so it, <clears throat> you know, you may have some values that you, you, I, you, you can identify that you may not have thought of as these are something mm -hmm. that I can tangibly look at measure or, um, even used to my benefit to help serve my, my action or behavior. Right. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. Like our experiences as a whole shape who we are, certainly greatly influence who we are. Right. And those experiences can craft what it is that we, we value. So another way of actually exploring what we value instead of just picking them off lists can be, well, what is it that I have gone through in life and what do my actual real experiences tell me that I value or perhaps what's easiest for folks 
and often something that I do with my, my clients is start this way is what do I not value, right? What do I clearly know that I do not want or I do not like? Because sometimes and oftentimes actually that's easier for us to describe and that way we actually automatically know what it is that we, we do want because when we clearly know something we don't want, the opposite can help us discover, well, this is what I want, right? So if I do not want to be treated a certain way, here's how I do want to be treated. We can flip the script. So that's one way of exploring the values as well to help give you maybe an overall purview on what it is that I've gone through life that'll give me those values a little bit more clearly than say picking them off a, a list. But to your point earlier, Andrew, about am I living my values? Once we understand that, then we can actually dive into that because we have an awareness of what those values are for us, right? So am I perhaps getting them for what I do for myself? So just focusing on you, what do I do maybe at work? What do I do outside of work? What is it that I do personally and the actions, the thoughts, the feelings that I engage in, do they meet those values? And then I would also say, what about your relationships? And these, there could be acquaintances all the way up to a person that we're in a significant relationship with. Do they meet your values? Does the interactions that you have with that person or persons actually hold true to what you want from other people, what you need from them, what you value? And then I like to expand that even to the environment. So work as whole, maybe your communities that you're involved in, do they meet your values as well? And going through that exercise of knowing what our values are, then exploring how I meet them, how others meet them, how my environments meet them, or vice versa, if they don't meet them, will really inherently let us know, well, how much are my values being met or are not being met in my life? Right. And then, you know, comes the hard part is when you identify all that and it's not what you want is, well, how do I change that? Right. Or how do I work towards this being within my values? You know, it may, it may really change the way you view a lot, a lot of things that you go through life. Just, you know, a lot of people just accept things for the way they are. Um, just out of sure, it, it's difficult to get change to happen. Um, people fear it. A lot of people are stuck in ruts and this is the way we've always done things. So we don't do it other way. Right. Right. Um, but you know, we, we're all starting to see the evidence of how that line of thinking can work against us. O yeah. Over time, there's, there's always going to be some kind of backlog of something we underestimated, right? I always like to use this. When the smartphone came out, I don't think there was a single person who was like, you know what? There's going to be some weird side effects to having this technology right at our fingertips all the time. Like, I doubt so many people were like, no, that's that's slow down the smartphone use because we think it could become addictive to children. Or we could be groomed for instant gratification for everything in life, right? Right. Instead of or knowing. We, yeah, go ahead. Or we could be <laughs> gaslit constantly on social media to influence our decisions. True, true. But while making us highly emotional and charging us to uh, to shop. <laughs> right. But to your, to your point, like in all of that, though, is getting back, I think, to the heart of our, why we have this podcast, right, is the resiliency of now that I am aware of this, how do I change it, right? And it's a resilient journey to, to go through that. And I think there's, 
there's a couple things at play, right, is having an awareness really certainly helps us understand where we are and then perhaps where we want to get to, right? So where am I today? Where do I want to be, say, tomorrow? And what's the gap that's there? So we can explore, well, how it is that I bridge that gap? How do I get there? And we don't change instantaneously as human beings. So when we talk about these values, and particularly, let's say, values that are not being met, how do we get them met? That is a journey and holding true to our resiliency will help us undergo that journey because it is going to take time. It's going to change and shift. Relationships may start looking a little bit different. The environments we find ourselves, say the way we interact at our jobs and our communities, they may be different. And that change is okay because it'll help us embrace truly who we are living that purpose and that mission that we know we're really meant to be. Yes. And, you know, what I can say from experience is that, like, hiding, hiding from who you are to appease the people around you isn't going to serve you long term. So if you are in a situation where you don't feel people are valuing what you value or, or trying to go where you're going is it's okay to be uncomfortable and move away from that and move towards maybe people who do share your values. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, just because other people have chosen a path doesn't mean that you're stuck with that choice. Right. Even if they're friends or loved ones, you know, you, you, you could still be in relationships and move your own direction. And if they don't respect that, then you, then you really need to start questioning things. Well, I think, you know, and that's, that's one thing we'll, I'm sure going to dive into in the future. But one of the sure. things I see, honestly, quite a bit is, and it's okay, right? It's natural for us as human beings that the relationships in our life, the people in our lives influence us. And they have a huge impact on us, especially the ones that are close to us. And it can be hard to live in a relationship with someone that we truly trust and value and is significant to us who holds us back, who keeps us down, who maybe doesn't believe in us, who always tears us down, tells me we can't do something. All too often, I experience this with my clients because they find themselves questioning themselves and who they are because the people who are the most important to them around them do that. They keep them down. They question them. They tell them they can't do something. And it's a very difficult situation to, to be in and address and shift, start shifting those relationships. And oftentimes, other people may not realize that they're really doing it or unfortunately, maybe not even care that they're doing it. But I think that's one of the most important reasons to truly understand your values because it starts helping us be able to understand what boundaries to maybe put in place in those relationships how to have those conversations, how to see where things could potentially be met or how they have to shift to get those met from other people. So I, I think that's a great point that you brought out, Andrew, in the end there really of the people in our lives can significantly impact us and understanding what it is that we value can help us make those relationships the most impactful for us or start shifting those relationships in a way that will meet those needs or be less of a relationship maybe in our life if it has to come to that 
in order for us to really live within our values and what we need. Yeah, and you know, I, I when you identify these things and you are making choices and it and it's aligned with everything you want, even if the result isn't what you want, you know, I've made some hard choices where I've had to walk away from some people because we just weren't aligned. It's not that I don't like you or don't love you. It's just, you know, what we're trying to build together isn't going to work because you and I aren't aligned with the same course of actions that we have to do together based on these values that I hold and you don't. Right. You're willing to make sacrifices that I'm not willing to make. And that is a deal breaker for me. And, you know, it, it, it's hard sometimes, and sometimes it's not what you want. And sometimes you have to take a step back to keep moving forward. But I have found that the times where I've sacrificed what I hold dear for financial gain or to make myself more comfortable, I've always regretted it. Mm. And it's, I think another great point in our, for everyone out there, right? It's that a lot of times we may find ourselves in situations that question our values or question that if, does this actually feel right to me? Am I sacrificing something about myself to do this for another purpose? And it's a very real dilemma, especially when we talk about the financial need, right? That's a constraint society has for all of us. It's not going away. It's constantly there, whatever that looks like for us. We want to be able to support ourselves and maybe our families. If we have them, the loved ones that are depending on us, that is the most often conflict, right? Of I need money. So I'm in this job, even though maybe I'm bored at it, or maybe it does something that I don't really align with. And to your point, I think we were talking about this earlier before we got on the the call today of what happens when we find ourselves in those situations where maybe values that we really have are getting suppressed because one is maybe taking center stage, like the financial piece, say for business. Um, and then what the most common is business is not caring about their clients. They're just in it to make the money. Right. It's maybe a prime example of that. Yeah. I, I mean, and you know, it's very, I, I see it from both angles, right? Because I, I, I am a business owner. And one of the things that I realize is that, you know, as an individual, there's only so much capacity I have for, you know, time in the day to get to personally know every person who is being part of my business. Now, I try to say that everyone is experiencing a little piece of me through my staff and what I teach them, and that I try to hold them to the values of my company. Um, and, you know, my I deal with live animals, so I feel like my business is a little different than a lot of other businesses because of that, you know, empathetic, compassionate piece of it is, you know, us not caring, our job is to care. Like, that's what my business is. It's a care business. Um, but <clears throat> I also understand that just like anything else is when something becomes popular and mass manufactured, quality is always going to go down. And it is one of the hardest things to do is hold customer 
appreciation quality amongst a large organization. It's very difficult unless the CEO has strong values that he is pushing through the entire company. Um, and unfortunately, most business is bottom line driven, not mission driven. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, bringing that, bringing that piece into it, right, is something that we often may not do when we make our job choices, right, of, oh, I'm focused on this job, the finances that it'll give me, uh, maybe what I'm doing day to day, but we perhaps miss out on, am I getting into a company that truly has the same values that I hold? Right. And I think that's a huge component of it is when we interview for jobs, it's not just, are we a good fit for them, but are they a good fit for us? Do they as a corporation truly live the values that they state that they do? Do they truly hold true to things that I are, hold are important and are going to give me that job satisfaction that I'm looking for, make me feel like I'm a part of a community, living a mission, living a purpose? have we considered that right in even in our current job and a lot of times when we get home from the day if we're really run down and burnt out and we're not happy it's because some of these values that we hold are not there they're not being met maybe they once were but right now currently they're not and i think that's one of the maybe the key points is really understanding where we are in certain environments in our life today and if there's something that's off. How do we actually just take the first step to become aware of that? And I think going through this exercise of what do we value in life helps us do that. It helps us take a kind of a quick snapshot and assessment of where we are in life, who is there to help us, who fulfills us, who doesn't. Yeah. And, you know, I think as far as building resiliency, having a strong core of values and principles that you live your life by is a lifeboat in any circumstance. Because if you, if you hold your life around um, other things that can be taken from you, such as your family, your house, your possessions, your job, you know, if you, if you base your, your whole identity around what you do for a living and then you can't do that anymore, it's crippling, you know, and sometimes it can happen. Um, <clears throat> I actually just listened to a very interesting podcast of Hidden Brain where it was dealing with this exact um, thought process, which is what do you do when your whole life was designed towards a certain thing and then all of a sudden you find yourself you can't do that this young girl would always wanted to be a violinist and before she even got there she injured her hand so severely that she would never play again mm. she went on to become a doctor a phd work in the white house you know like but saying everyone's second half is going to be that amazing but at that moment where her life was violin and then violin was no longer going to be part of that that had to be very very hard but if she believed in who she was and what she wanted to do and what she values she can move forward from that and always keep moving towards new external things that are supported by that core principle mm -hmm. value system mm -hmm. 
when you center towards that part of your identity, no matter what happens to me, like earthquake could shatter and take everything from me. As long as I know that I can, whatever capacity I'm left at, I can move forward with my, my values and principles. I know I'll be okay. Yeah. And that is a very, you know, it, I'm not a person who worries. And I think nowadays that's a very rare thing. And I think one of the reasons why I don't worry is because I have that yeah. is I always know I'll be okay. So I'm not sitting here every day fretting, losing everything. Mm. Staying true I'll, to who you are. Yeah, I'll, I'll accept it if it happens. But if I, you know, what's the point of living life if you spend every day fearing, you know, the loss of everything that you are holding your identity to? Yeah. So it's, it's a really good kind of point maybe as a good segue into really what we wanted to leave you with today essentially is how powerful knowing what your values are can do for you in terms of helping you be resilient, go through the ups and downs that we have in life and how to adjust to circumstances that are thrown at us, but also really maximizing our relationships, maximizing the environments that we find ourselves in and also what we do ourselves. So just maybe as a, as a quick rundown, we talked about really the values as essentially our guiding principles, right? Of what shifts our decision-making processes and drives our behaviors in life. And lots of different things can be values like love, friendship, challenge. We talked about empathy, compassion, candor, integrity, health, personal development as well uh, as, as options. And really starting kind of broader and then narrowing down into what are my top values and then how do they shift across maybe different parts of my life, my relationships, my job, um, even maybe my outdoor adventures, if that's what I'm into, right? How do they shift helps us know in what parts of our life do I hold to these values and then exploring, well, how are they met or how are they not being met right now? And then from there, once I understand that, I can start really crafting a way forward to help get them met. But more importantly, too, I can start really understanding who I truly am as a person, as part of that foundational identity, ultimately going to be leading us to what is my purpose? What is my mission? What is my vision in life? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think identifying them is a, a good first step. Mm. Um, but daily reflection and practice of them is where you see the results. Right. And it is very easy to say these are your values, but it's not as easy to live into them. Um, it, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, so it identifying them is definitely important because it gets you the first step. Yep. And yep. just like the, the marathon, um, that we used before as a metaphor is every journey take starts with one step. It's actually always one step. If you just keep making one step forward, you're, you're on the journey. You know what quote I love that actually exemplifies that for me, it's a, uh, it's a Dr. King quote and it's, you don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. Yeah. It's great. It's yeah. a great quote. Yeah. 
Well, we hope that you enjoyed uh, our episode today um, and you got something out of it. We are here for any questions, so feel free to reach out to us in, in, in any way as well. Um, subscribe if you like our podcast and you can reach us at contact at Pittsburgh Pet Care if you have any questions. Just let us know. We'd love to dig into them for you. And uh, we hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Yeah, I, uh, it was fantastic talking with you again, Steve. These talks are great. Thanks, Andrew, yeah. And, uh, you know, I hope everyone gets as much from them as I do. <laughs> well, till the next time. Yep, absolutely. If you enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing. If you would like more information on coaching, look at striveformore.com to find Steve's business, or you can look for pet care options at pittsburghpetcare.com. If you'd like to email us, you can email us at contact at pittsburghpetcare.com. See you next time.